title of this evening's lecture is Whatever intelligence we possess is some degree of the intelligence of God. I want you to chew on that a little bit and don't get your knickers in and out. Don't get your back against the wall. Just chew on it a little bit. Whatever intelligence we possess is some degree the intelligence of God. Now, when we start right off in the book of Genesis, it says you're made in the image and likeness of God. Genesis tells us that the first book in the Bible, book of Genesis, the beginning, it tells us we are made in the image and likeness of God. So if we're made in the image of likeness of God, it's not a far stress for us to feel that whatever intelligence we possess is some degree the intelligence of God. No, but because we think less of ourselves, we may find this a hard concept. But once you dwell on it, you will see it makes sense. And once you start accepting that, you will start tapping into more of that intelligence of God. Now, Scripture also tells us in John 14 and 20, it says, I am in my Father. This is Jesus speaking. He say, I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So right off we see, Jesus is telling us that. And then in John 10 and 30, it says, I and my Father are one. So I just laying a little foundation there so that you'll be more accepting to the fact that whatever intelligence we possess is some degree the intelligence of God. Tonight we're looking for two readers. 1 Timothy 2 verses 2 to 5. And then the second reader, Romans 12, verses 2 to 5. I want to read this Sunday's letter because it speaks to this evening's message. And this Sunday's letter was titled, Whatever Intelligence We Possess is Some Degree the Intelligence of God. And the scriptures were taken from 1 Timothy 2. It says, in today's scripture, it is telling us that we must pray, especially for rulers, that their government, governments to rule well so that we can quietly go about our business of living simply in humble contemplation. This is the way of our Savior, God. This is the way of our Savior. God wants us to live. He wants us not only us, but everyone saved. He wants everyone to know the truth that there is one God and only one. And the one priest mediator between God and us, Jesus. We know that we are the body of Christ, his chosen people. Each one of us find our meaning and function as part of his body. However, Trying to function on our own, we would not amount to much. We need spiritual experience. It has taken humanity thousands of years to learn that it has the power to control its destiny. From the Bible, we have the assurance as a man taken to his heart, so we see. In defining the word thought, 
we could say it means what we expect that we find another one is what we wish that we believe however it is one thing to know a principle another to apply it we have all heard the slogans he can who thinks he can throughout the ages we have come to realize that causation is formed from within how do we tap into the inner strength how does god respond to our requests god can respond only by corresponding to us by a direct impartation of himself through us so with jesus we may say the father and i are one know this whatever intelligence we possess is some degree of the one intelligence which is god so that was today's letter so this evening we are talking about whatever intelligence we possess is some degree of the intelligence of god and we're going to look at the fact that we need spiritual experience we're going to talk a little bit about the cause of human troubles and then we're going to wrap it all up with how to approach divine spirit how we should approach the divine spirit all right so let's get started first reader for kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth for there is one god and one mediator between god and men the man Christ Jesus. Here and that's the reading. Amen. To God we give the glory. Next reader. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that it, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, though the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith for as we have members in one body and all members have not the same office so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another here in the portion of scripture praise be to God we need spiritual experience we need it our first hand knowledge of life and God so we need spiritual experience We need a first-hand knowledge of life and God. For there is no medium between God and man. Nothing between life and living, between heaven and hell, but an idea. Hear me somebody. We complicate things too much. 
We need spiritual experience. We need a first-hand knowledge of life and God. There is no medium between God and man. Nothing between life and living, between heaven and hell, but an idea. But an idea has no real value until it becomes an experience. Many of us, we know the word of God. We know the word of God. We could, we could recite it chapter and verse. How much of us have experienced it? How much of us is just an idea with no real value? How much of us have really experienced it? In conversation, we assume great knowledge of religion and philosophy and great wisdom. But how much do we really experience? How much do we live the word of God in essence? How much do we take the word of God and make it a part of our day-to-day life? How much of it do we actually live? How much of it do we actually experience? Or are we just keeping it as some kind of idea in our heads with no real value? Because it has no value until it becomes an experience. So in conversation, we assume great knowledge of religion and we could argue and we could find the scripture. John says this and, and Genesis says that. But have we experienced it in our life? We can know only that which we experience. Hear me, somebody. We could talk about it how much we want. Have great conversation. We can know only that which we experience. That we know for sure. That we know without a shadow of a doubt because we have experienced it. And because you experience it, nobody could take it from you. It is yours. You own it. You experience it. How much of God's word have we lived and experienced in our lives? Now, all great religions have taught truth. Everybody... Whatever religion is out there, they have some kind of semblance of truth. All great religions have taught truth. But it means nothing to us unless it becomes our truth. They could stand in a pulpit and preach a message, but unless it becomes your truth, it means nothing. It means nothing, no thing to us unless it becomes our truth. We need spiritual experience. That's what we need. We need spiritual experience. We shall never know peace until we embody it. We shall never know truth until we become truth. And we cannot know God unless we sense Him within our own being. You have to feel His presence. You have to have that kind of spiritual experience. If you don't, you don't really know him. It's just ideas in your head with no real value. Because until you, guess it, it has no value until it becomes an experience. 
we need spiritual experience. We shall never know peace until we embody it. We shall never know truth until we become truth. And we cannot know God unless we sense him within our own being. The spirit is ever given. The spirit is always given. But we must take what life does for us must be done through us. What life does for us must be done through us. Spiritual experience is deep, calm, and self-assertive. It is result, it is the result of actual realizing that presence which binds all together in one complete whole as the scripture tells us so when you could feel that presence which binds all together in that one complete whole you are having a spiritual experience it is deep this experience it comes in stillness in stillness of the soul it comes in stillness it doesn't come with a loud noise or, or, or banging it comes in stillness in that still quiet contemplation you will feel the presence of God upon you when the outer voice is quiet when the tempest of human strife is abated it is a quickening of the inner man to an eternal God, an eternal reality. So when you could quiet the outer noise, when you could abate that strive, that human strive, that struggling for day-to-day -day -day living, when you could put all that aside, the, 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 the soul, it, it, it quickens it. It is a quickening of the inner man to an eternal reality you will feel it inside that's why most of us feel it in the quiet of the night before we rest because you rest all the activities of the day you rest all the noise gone out of your head and now you could be alone and have that spiritual experience spiritual experience is a fact it's not it's not a it's something that you actually experience it's not it's not a thought it's not a, just a, it's not a thought it's not an idea it's an actual experience it is a fact now spirituality may be defined as an atmosphere of good the realization of god it cannot and does not borrow its light from another no matter how great or noble that other may be, it springs from within you. It springs from within, coming from that never falling fountain of life which quenches every thirst. You hear me, somebody? This spiritual experience never comes from outside. You can't get it from anybody. No matter how noble, 
that person baby no matter how enlightened it be it comes from within it springs from within you coming from that never fallen fountain of life which quenches every thirst whose source is eternity the wellspring of self-existence it is a revelation of self to self putting one back on track of his own self-dependency on spirit that's what the spiritual experience does it puts you back on track sometimes you get off track thinking all kind of crazy thoughts but when you in that quiet space in that quiet atmosphere when you commune with god this this spiritual experience puts you back on track and it puts you back on track of your own self dependency on spirit your own who is it at one meant with god so this spiritual experience we all need it we all need the spiritual experience now when you have in human troubles it's difficult when your mind is troubled when your mind is bothered regardless of what is troubling you you can't have a spiritual experience in a troubled mind the two don't go together you have to quiet yourself for a minute to allow yourself to to, to feel god's presence and that presence will put you back on track now the integrity of god the integrity of the universe cannot be questioned nor doubted so the integrity of god the integrity of the universe cannot be questioned or questioned or doubted so where does that problem that you have in come from the spirit must be and is perfect so if the spirit must be and is perfect where is the confusion where is it coming from that which is back of everything must be good must be complete must be love and harmony that's the kind of emotions you must have in order to have a spiritual experience when we are out of harmony with some special good it is because we are off track along with that particular line of the activity of spirit if you're in disharmony you're off track somewhere but how do we gain the lost paradise how do you get back on track only through soul culture and by careful self analysis what is your viewpoint in life what are you thinking about this what are you feeling And your intelligence don't have to answer this question. All you have to do is to quiet yourself and allow your God intelligence to feed it through you. So as you ask yourself, what is your viewpoint on, on this whatever the experience is? This is the question each of us should ask ourselves. 
when you feel out of sorts? What do I feel my relationship with God is? What do I feel my relationship with mankind is? What do I feel my relationship with the body of Christ is? What do I believe about God at the back of all? Where did this discouragement and fear and doubt and calamity, where did it come from? Ask yourself. When you're facing these things, when this situation faces, ask yourself, where did it come from? Did I invite you? I didn't invite you. What you doing here? Ask yourself, where did this discouragement, where did this fear, where did this doubt, where did this calamity come from? It didn't come from God. Because we just said the integrity of the universe, the integrity of God cannot be questioned nor doubted. The spirit must be and is perfect, which is back of everything good, must be complete, must be love and harmony. So where did all this discouragement, where did this fear, where did this doubt and this calamity, where did it come from? They cannot proceed from the eternal source. They cannot proceed out of God because God is perfect, the perfect front of life. One, therefore, must think they must come from our own consciousness. Where did, where did this disagreeable spirit come from? It comes from your own consciousness. It cannot be born out of truth. It cannot. The truth is God, and God is free, happy, peaceful, and ever poised in his own being. So this evilness ain't come out of him. I must set myself right with the universe. I must find my way back to the central fire. If I am to be warm, I must find the source. If I am to be supplied, I must be like God if I wish to realize His Spirit in my life. So there we are. You want, I told you, we must all have a spiritual experience. It's not enough just to know the Bible because. If you just know the Bible and you know the words, it has no value. You only find value when you experience it. So we must have this spiritual experience. I say that you have to quiet your mind in order to have a spiritual experience. You can't have this chord and noise. So it it, it must be, uh, you must quiet your mind and, and temper or abate that human strive. That those activities of daily living abate that for a moment. And as you quiet all this anxiety that is outside of you, and you quiet all the noise from outside of you, this quickening happens within you. It comes from within. It's not an external thing. It's an internal thing. So you know now how to tap into the Holy Spirit and how to get that spiritual experience and how to have that at one moment with God. In contrast to that, we have these troubles that we face day to day. So we know that these troubles didn't come from God. 
So where they come from? They come from our own consciousness. They come from what has been fed us all along. They come from what we listen to. They come from our own consciousness. They cannot be born out of truth. The truth is God, and God is free, happy, peaceful, and ever poised in his own being. So you now must say to yourself, could say to yourself, I must set myself right with God. I must set myself right with the universe. I must find a way back to the central fire if I'm to be warm. I must find a source if I'm to be supplied. I must be like God if I wish to realize his spirit in my life. Now, that is calling for a change or a shift in your consciousness. Because you cannot you cannot gain peace while staying in discord. You cannot gain harmony while being in inharmony, while being in strife and while you're upset and having a pity party. You cannot get peace that way. So there must be some kind of shift in your consciousness. So a change of consciousness does not come simply by willing it or wishing it. It is not that easy. So it is not easy to hold the mental attention of an ideal. You can't wish things to happen. You know what they're saying? If wishes were horses, more beggars would ride. So you can't wish things to happen. But you must have a change of consciousness in order to allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through you. So, it is not easy to hold the mental attention to an ideal. So you can't will it or wish it. While the human experience is in discord. So you can will something to happen while you're experiencing discord. You can't hold that attention to that thing to long enough to, to see it materialize while you're experiencing discord. But it is possible. However, knowing the truth is not a process of self-hypnosis, but is one of gradual unfoldment of the inner self. Hear me, somebody. Knowing the truth is not a process of self-hypnosis, but is one of gradual unfoldment of the inner self. Now, if you wish to come to the spirit for the healing of our wounds, whatever that wound is, whatever lack or discord is in our life, let us come in peace with spontaneous joy. And if you're crying, let those tears be a tear of joy. I don't understand lamenting prayers. Honest to goodness, I really don't. People who pray lamenting, uh, to me, that's not prayer. And I don't know what it is, what what that is all about. If we wish to come to the Spirit for the healing of our womb, let us come in peace 
with spontaneous joy, for the Spirit is joy. Let us come with thanksgiving also, for a thankful heart is, a, is in harmony with life. But we must come in quiet confidence, with an open and receptive mind, a believing heart. And one with an expectancy, expecting, with natural expectancy. In this way, we are entering the portals of God, clad in garments of righteousness. So when you pray, please, please, I, I, I don't care what life threw at you. When you pray, please, you go before the Spirit for the healing of any wounds, whether it's wounds for you, you're trying to heal somebody else's wounds or your own wounds. Let us come in peace with spontaneous joy, for the Spirit is joy. Let us come with thanksgiving also, for a thankful heart is in harmony with life. But we must come in quiet confidence with an open and receptive mind and a believing heart. Now, we often think that what we require is money, friends, and physical healing. Those are the three areas that people think that they need. They think they need money, they need friends, and they need physical healing. After these things, do those who are outside of the knowledge of law seek? The scripture says the Gentiles need those same things. They need friends, they need physical healing, and they, they need money. They need all these things. And these things, do those who are outside the knowledge of law seek? That's what they seek. And they do well, for we need all these things. We need these things. But they are the effects of right relationship to life. Hear me, somebody. These are just the effects. When you have a spiritual experience, these are the effects that you will acquire. You don't go to God for these things. You have your spiritual experience and you see these things. These things are a byproduct, an effect, a byproduct of your spiritual experience. Are you hearing me? Everybody needs friends and money and physical healing. After all these things, do those who have an outside knowledge of the law, they don't know the law, seek, but they seek all these things and they do well. For they need all these things. So God knows you need all these things. But when you have a, a spiritual experience, when you have a connection, these are effects, but they are the effects of right relationship to life. All people need some form of healing. All people. Most people are unhappy. Few have any realization of permanent peace. We seek fragments when the whole is at hand. We seek it fragments. Just a little piece here, just a little piece here. When the whole is at hand. How illogical to think that anything can rise higher than its source. 
you have a direct link to the source. I am telling you that whatever intelligence we possess is some degree the intelligence of God. There is, you have a link, there's a connection. The universe is perfect, God is perfect, undivided whole. Hear me. God is perfect, the universe is perfect, undivided whole. You are connected and God is perfect. You are connected to something good. You are connected to something perfect. You are connected to something whole, undivided. And healing can take place only when one is unified with it. Have that spiritual experience is not enough just to know the word of God is not enough you could only add value to the word of God when you experience it so the universe is perfect undivided whole and healing can take place only when one is unified with it how can anyone then be healing part let us seek wholeness above all else. If we would come to universal wholeness, we must approach it through the law of its own nature. This means we must give our undivided attention to the spiritual unit back of all things at the back of all things to the causation, the foundation. Since all else is included within this unit, we find our particular good only through unity with life. This conscious unity makes our mind receptive to completion. Since life itself is complete, you must have some kind of harmony within yourself. This perception is always an inner light. For the individual can use only such knowledge as he inwardly possesses. You have to inwardly understand it. You have to inwardly possess it. That means you must have that spiritual experience. In reality, we know God or truth only as we ourselves embody God or truth. You only know God as you embody Him. Read the scripture how much you want. If you don't embody Him, if you don't have that personal experience, it is just a thought, an idea in your head with no value. Because experience gives you the value. And since it is impossible to embody anything outside of ourselves, this knowledge must be an inner light. Let me say this again. In reality, we know God. Or we could say we know truth but we know God or truth only as we ourselves embody God or truth and since it is impossible to embody anything 
outside of ourselves, this knowledge must be an inner light. The truth itself is infinite, but we only embody the infinite in degree. To the degree that we do embody God, or to the degree that we do embody this reality, we become poised and powerful. Any discord we have it doesn't come from God. Because God is perfect and God is God is complete. God is love. God is harmony. So if we have some kind of discord in our life, it comes from our own consciousness. Whatever we believe, whatever life put at us, whatever stresses that we put on our body that cause certain ailments, that's the human part that didn't come from God. You see, when God look at our calamity, He doesn't see calamity. He sees a, a solution. He sees something else. So you get an idea. You see, but when you're living and you have a connection to God, you don't have to worry because your right action will always happen. You know you're going to the doctor in your conscious mind. You're going to the doctor for your eyes. But is it really your eyes he send you there for? He send you for the physician to fix your heart. Whether you know it or not. When you walk in in right alignment with God, you don't have to be worried. You just trust the Holy Spirit to guide you appropriately. God bless you. I'm going to stop there today. I hope you get something from this. Amen, amen, amen.